This is the Psyche of Success. Podcasting around the globe. Join us as we interview superstars in their respective fields and help you master the psychology of winning big in business and in life. Here's your host, author, speaker, and business coach, Jody Holland. Hey guys, Jody Holland here. Welcome to the Psyche of Success. Today's episode is going to be all about how to make your business more productive. We are going to have a lot of fun. I am joined by my new co-host, Brett Beitlich. It is spelled exactly like it sounds, in case you're wondering how to spell that last name. So Brett, say hello. Hello everybody. I'm super excited to be here. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I have been working with Brett for the last several years. Actually, one of my Facebook memories popped up of me walking through uh, Lewiston, Idaho, right by St. Joseph's. That's where you and I originally met when I was doing leadership training there. And you were amazing at getting productivity out of yourself, but also in convincing people to give you what you needed. So I'm excited about this episode because I think this is right up your alley. Today, we're going to be talking a little uh, Bruce Lee style success. Be like water. Like water. Yeah, so water uh, water could fit into any object. It automatically takes the shape of the object, can penetrate, penetrate rock. It is the most persistent thing on earth. So when we talk about it from this perspective, we're going to use water as the acronym. Now, the W in water is for work ethic. When we think about the work ethic that you've got, I want you to think about how you grew up. And Brett, you have kind of a military background. So how did that impact the way that you work in your everyday life going through some of that training? I think for me, what it really did is set into motion consistency. The military gave me a great background to know that step one, as uh, I once heard a general say, make your bed. Uh, it gave me, this is how I start my day, this is where I go, and uh, what am I going to plan out for the rest of the day? So a lot of the work ethic, just from the idea of make your bed, and I read the book, Make Your Bed, uh, it's a great book talking about how you start your day off. If you start by making your bed, you at least accomplish something. Even if everything else goes to heck in a handbasket, you can come home at night and look at that, your bed is made. I think work ethic is about habits. And so the habit of making your bed, the habit of being consistent in the work that you do, the habit of giving your very best effort, that's just something that you make a decision to do on an everyday basis. Work ethic isn't about being better than everyone else, but it is about that consistency that you talked about, Brett, of, okay, if I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to be successful, that means I have habits that I put into place. So I think about some of my habits, for example... Every morning I get up and I either watch a TED Talk or I read something that sets my mind in the right direction. And I do that every day before 8 a.m. But I also think about it from the perspective of work ethic going back to when I first went into business. This was 21 years ago now, but every morning from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I made phone calls trying to get appointments for however long out I needed to get appointments for, but I tried to get 10 appointments a week. So I set standards for myself that made the work ethic easier. Do you find that that's kind of what you do as well? Absolutely. I mean, I start my day off with a conversation with myself. I get up in the morning, I take a shower, and then I have that conversation with myself to say, what are you doing today 
get in your mindset, think positive, and just literally think, I've already accomplished that task in my head. So when I do it today, it's just going to blow through like a breeze. So part of it's the image of it, of making sure that you're actually going in that right direction mentally and emotionally before you do it physically. Absolutely. So first part is work ethic. The second part of WATER as an acronym is allocate your tasks. Now, for me, I like to schedule things. If I don't schedule it, it's not real. This includes everything. I went through the Franklin Covey time management system back, I think it was like 1995, 1996, when those giant freaking notebooks that you carried with you everywhere, they used to say things like, if you don't schedule to go to the bathroom, don't go to the bathroom. And so you've got all of this random stuff all over your calendar but it helped me get into the routine of allocating what I was going to do and when I was going to do it. But it also helped me start to realize there's only a few things that really do make me successful in my working life. I've I've got to reach out to people to get appointments. I got to do something, whether it's podcasting or video blogging or whatever, to get my name out there. I've got to implement training and coaching, and I got a bill for it. And if I do those basic things, I get to stay in business. So when I allocate my tasks, what I'm doing is I'm allocating to say, these are the things that are really important that I'm going to make sure that I get done on a daily basis. So thinking about, you know, you said you you start with your getting your mindset right and getting things going in the right direction, Brett. What are some of the other things that you find to be important related to how you allocate the tasks that you're going to do for the day? Much like you, I live by my calendar. My family knows it. My coworkers know it. Uh, I think understanding the task that's in front of you, and I've already got like a plan made to move through that task. I think of what Ernest Hemingway said, never mistake motion for action. Ooh, that's good. I like that. In other words, just to go through the tasks is not enough. You have to act on those tasks and complete them wholeheartedly like, It's what you're living for that day and give it your best shot. So never mistake motion for action. If we think about that and kind of what you're saying there, how many people are really, really busy, but not accomplishing anything? Oh, I, I mean, having a lot of my career in the hospital sector, it, it it happens on a daily basis. I I think of that analogy. Let me carry around a clipboard. That way everybody thinks I'm busy. (laughs) So yeah, I I actually see a lot of people that um, in the hospital industry or healthcare industry has been one of the main industries I've worked with over the last couple of decades. And you do see a lot of really busy, unproductive people. And so they're, they're not allocating their tasks effectively. They're just mistaking busyness with business. Absolutely. Yep. So, okay. So first one is work ethic. Second one is allocate tasks. The T in water is having a task orientation over a relationship orientation. Now this is the one I want to kind of be careful on because I'm a huge advocate of building great relationships in the workplace. However, if we spend all of our time having fun with the, you know, hanging around the water cooler and not quote unquote, doing things that make a positive impact in our success, that's going to leave us really lacking at the end of the day. So a task orientation versus a people orientation, what does that mean to you? 
you say task orientation to me, the first thing I think about is a meeting. How often do we go to a meeting? There might be an agenda, but within the first five to 10 minutes, the agenda is absolutely thrown out the window. <laughs> yeah, like almost every meeting. Exactly. I prefer to run a meeting. Let's take the first five minutes and everybody catch up and maybe not five minutes, maybe two minutes. And then after that, let's work our way through the agenda. And if we have to come back or if I have to redirect back, that's okay. But we're there for a meeting to finish the goals that are in front of us. So you actually schedule in then some of that rapport building at the beginning of the meeting. So people get it out of their system. They get to enjoy actually connecting with one another. And they're not thinking, God, we didn't even, we didn't even say hello. Nobody hugged me. Nobody... Well, now fist bump because we don't hug or shake hands during this COVID time. Air high five. Air high five. There you go. But that task orientation, sometimes I think that's a really good point that you made. It does require, let's give people what they need so that they can get their mind shifted towards the task. And then I love the idea of an agenda. I'm going to have to admit, there's a lot of times I've had meetings where I don't really have an agenda. But uh, I read Patrick Lencioni's book probably five, six years ago, called Death by Meeting. The title is what caught me because at the time, I had so many people complaining that the meetings were killing them. They would go to meetings, they would accomplish nothing, then they would leave. So to your point, you've got to have the agenda in order to stay on task. I think you have to have the agenda for your day in the same way, going back to what we talked about with living by a calendar, to be on task means that you pick your three to five most important things during the day and you get those done first. So that task orientation, it, it includes building rapport because I think the relationships are critical, but it also really includes making sure that we're getting done the things that actually move us forward. So what happens though if somebody tries to derail the meeting? How do you handle that? Well, that's why in that first couple minutes, really, that's when we handle those emergency like, oh, I got to get that off my plate now. Not only does it set the mindset for the whole entire meeting, but it really just kind of gets that emergency stuff off the plate. So it gets it out of the way so you can focus on what's important. And do you give, like when I'm running meetings for other people, I'll say, hey, we've got 10 minutes for this section. And when we get to eight minutes ago, we've only got two minutes to wrap this up. Whatever we don't finish, if we have time at the end, we'll come back to. So I, when I'm keeping on task, I'm keeping within a time frame as well. As I think when I do strategic planning retreats for organizations, we have a certain amount of time. And I have found that there is always one or two people that just will beat that dead horse for as long as you allow them to. And so they, they keep beating the dead horse. The task is done let's move on, we're not going to solve it, or we already solved it, you just didn't like the answer. Uh, learning to just cut them off, I think, is going to be important. And it's not being mean, but it's being respectful of everyone else that is in that meeting. So as an individual, as an entrepreneur, to be task-oriented, that means that I've got to learn to discipline my mind to get rid of things. So that kind of brings us to the E in water, which is exclude the unimportant. How do you know in your own life, Brett, what's not important? I think it all goes back to your moral values. You have to set those boundaries for yourself. 
you and I both know that family for me is a number one priority. So though I need to work and make an income in order to provide for my family, I constantly keep them abreast of what goes on. I mean, think about the car ride the other day when we were running a little late, dropping yeah. a dropping a text to my wife to say, it's not going to be 4.30, it's going to be 5.30. Yeah, and so you actually keep her in the loop, which is the important piece, and you realize that the things that are coming at us, each little thing that comes at us, we may have to deal with some of them, but there's a lot of the things that get thrown in our way that we just have to figure out our way around them as opposed to getting bogged down in them. So I know for me, um, know, maybe four or five years ago, I realized how many meetings I was doing where people would go, hey, can we get together and just you know grab coffee? And what they were really asking for is free coaching. And I, I love human beings. I love success. I love helping people. But also realize that one of the things that's truly important is I only have a certain amount of time and I bill for my time doing executive coaching, doing leadership development. If I'm not billing for it, but I'm still giving it away, I am at a negative or a deficit in there and I'm going to lose my level of success. So I've got to make sure that I protect some of that time as well. And that's why I try to make all scheduling for anything that I do go through my business manager. She will determine whether or not it's something that's going to provide value and that I'm going to be able to bill for. If I can't bill for it, I'm not making money. If I'm not making money, I'm not staying on track with one of the things that's really important. And if I'm not staying on track with the thing that's important, then guess what? We don't get to stay in business for very long. So I have to make sure that I keep those things out of my eight to five. And I've found when I tell my business manager, hey, if it's something that you think I should meet with the person, but I don't get to bill for it, schedule it before 8 a.m. or after 5 p.m. We find out really quick whether it's actually important to that person or whether they were just trying to kill time on their own and get some free stuff from me. Yeah, I think about, you know, running operating rooms in the past, excluding the unimportant. I cannot tell you how many times I've had a nurse come up in a frantic, just over the top way and it was about some paperwork and I would often go back to where's the patient is the patient safe is everything okay we can worry about the paperwork after the case is closed so you, you had to redirect other people as well to remember hey we're kind of more worried about the person that we're cutting open than whether or not the paperwork is in the right numerical order right I, I mean just because one word was misspelled doesn't mean that... Not the end of the world. Absolutely not. So, no, priority one's the patient at that time. So focus on the thing that matters the most right then. We'll get to the rest later. And the last piece of water is having the right mindset. And I think what you just described, when we can exclude the unimportant, part of that is focusing on the thing that matters the most. And part of mindset for me is remembering what's important, but also part of mindset for me is remembering that what I am doing when I do it the right way actually does matter. It's okay to fail as long as I learned something and I do it better next time. The wrong mindset to me is walking in and going, well, I'm not going to take any risk. I'm not going to take any action because it might not be perfect. 
Like that is a crap mindset, in my opinion, to not take action just because it might not go the right way. Well, I think about that daily conversation I have with myself and it is not easy to get up in the morning, get yourself productive, get going. I think about uh, Zig Ziglar says, people often say that motivation doesn't last long. Well, neither does bathing. And that's why we recommend it daily. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should recommend bathing daily to a few people that I've met over the last few years as well. But uh, the bathing and the motivation itself, you think about that. What are you putting into your mind in order to create something great? Garbage in, garbage out. Just like programming, you're always programming your mind. Are you reading the kind of books that move you forward? Uh, I, I got some really nice accolades from somebody who had evaluated one of my books on Audible, the Smart Accelerated Success System, or Smart ASS. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check that book out. I love that book. It is all about that last piece. How do you keep your mind right so that you accelerate your success and you minimize the beating yourself up for failing at something and kind of just change it to, I learned a lesson. It may not have been the lesson that I wanted to learn, but I learned the lesson. Some of the people that I think about are people like Stephen King. He was a janitor, and he had written his first book. Uh, the title was Carrie. If you haven't read the book, it will scare you, as will most of Stephen King's books. But in that, in that attempt to get his first book published, he kept sending book proposals to publishers. First one, second one, third one, 15th one, 27th one, 28th one. And he finally just threw the manuscript in the trash and said, I'm done. I'm never writing again. Nobody likes my writing. Uh, it's over. He had had 28 rejections in his book proposal. Well, he was married and his wife said, look, i I know that you might prefer being a janitor for the rest of your life versus being a best-selling author, but what if, just what if you tried a few more times? Let's see if somebody else will, will think differently. So he said, all right, I'll try a few more times. I think it was number 31, if I remember correctly, that got the book published. Now think about this for a minute. Stephen King has sold over 300 million 300 million copies of his books, and many of his books were turned into movies, which he made money off of that as well. He's one of the most successful authors of our time in the kind of scary genre there, the fiction genre, and yet he almost gave up. The right mindset is about getting up one more time than you get knocked down. No matter what comes your way, as long as you get up one more time, then you get knocked on your butt, you're going to be successful in life. It is not about being better than everybody else. It's about being willing to be better than the person you were yesterday and continuing to move yourself forward. To me, that's the right mindset is that persistent mindset. I look at Bethany Hamilton, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, who? I'm pretty sure she didn't just wake up after what happened and said, well, I'm done. I'm not going to be a pro surfer. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, she kind of got an arm bitten off by a shark. And I, I don't know what that's like, and I really hope I never know what that's like. But would you, would you get back in the water? 
I mean, think about that. You know, uh, I think about spending time on a deployment and, and, and you have to understand that when you're in that type of environment, things happen. Yeah. You can't let it shut you down. You have to evaluate it, look through it, understand what you can get from it and put that next step forward. So going back to kind of what we we're talking about a minute ago, you're creating perspective. So you're getting the perspective that, hey, this is not what I wanted to happen, but it happened. What am I going to do about it now? Right. I, I, again, when people ask me about a deployment, I often say it was a humbling experience. It yeah. gave me the mindset I needed to move forward and pursue things that I never thought were a viable solution before. Yeah. So if we're going to be successful, we have to be like water. Work ethic, allocate tasks, task orientation, exclude the unimportant, and right mindset. W-A-T-E-R is the acronym to remember for today's show. Uh, thank you, Brett, for being on with us. Uh, Brett will be the co-host moving forward. Super excited about us working together on this and bringing you insights into business that help you shape the right soul or psyche of success. If you're interested in following us more, please check out our Facebook Look for Jody Holland Training and Speaking on Facebook. Follow us there. Any of our social medias, just look for at the Jody Holland, and you'll be able to follow what we're putting out there on great content. We put out three videos a week. I do a leadership corner, a podcast, a lot of great content. We are working diligently to bring you the kinds of things that will reshape your world and help you find the success that you're looking for in all walks of life, whether it's your personal life, or your business life. So thank you, Brett, for being on. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next episode of the Psyche of Success. Thank you for listening to the Psyche of Success. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. Share with your friends. Take out billboards about how much you love us if you want. But just make sure to apply the lessons learned and live fully into your potential. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Psyche of Success.